<laughs> wow. <laughs> I hear you. Excuse <clears throat> me. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the interview series for the Nonfiction Authors Association. Today's session is with Sherry Kephart, and we'll be talking about what happens after the memoir, keeping the momentum going with helpful nonfiction books. I'm Carla King, your host, and I'm happy to have you with us today. This event will last up to 30 minutes, and recordings are available on our website and social media channels and pretty much everywhere. If you're new to us, our members receive our author advisor email every Friday, which features curated media leads and links to exclusive member content. Members can also participate in free mastermind groups we call the Author Brainstorm Exchange and get access to our private community on Facebook. Discounts are available for our year-round nonfiction book awards program, the annual Nonfiction Writers Conference, and our book marketing, book promotion, and book publishing master courses, all of which offer optional professional certification. And we can't forget discounts with our awesome partners, including Lulu, Findaway Voices, Office Depot, IngramSpark, and others. And finally, we'd love for you to join us at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. And now I'd like to introduce our guest. Cherry Kephart is an award-winning author, editor, writing coach, and workshop facilitator, passionate about inspiring people on their writing journeys. After serving as a Peace Corps volunteer in Zambia, Cherry brought home an African souvenir she didn't expect, a mysterious illness that almost killed her. This inspired her to write her award-winning memoir, A Few Minor Adjustments, that Publishers Weekly called a story of gut-wrenching perseverance and determination. Her other publications include a, her other publications include The Healing 100 and Poetry of Peace, as well as essays, short stories, and poems in various literary journals and anthologies. A graduate of the University of Auckland, New Zealand, with an MA in Medical and Cultural Anthropology, she also holds a BA in Communication from USC. UCSD, that's San Diego, and was honored to be their commencement speaker for the graduating class of 2019. Outside her writing life, Sherry enjoys dancing on the beach near her home in San Diego, laughing for no reason, and practicing meditation with her cat, Jade, staying positive as always. Hi, Sherry. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carla. Thanks so much for having me here. Uh, it's lovely to have you. Um, I just want to mention to our audience that we've known each other for a while. Um, we met in a self-publishing group in San Diego long ago, and I got to witness a lot of this journey that you took with your with your memoir, and it was just so inspiring, and your progress was amazing, and ju just so thrilling to see you have so much success with it. Um, are you surprised about that? Or what surprised you about writing the memoir and what came after? Well, thank you so much. It's been great to know you all these years and I've learned so much from you. What surprised me the most? Everything. <laughs> Pretty much everything that you would expect a memoir to be like writing is it wasn't what I thought. But one of the things that surprised me the most was that I would burn my book. Um, let me explain. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so 
we go about writing our memoir and we have all these things we want to share and we think are important. And a lot of what happened to me and what I shared in my memoir was really dark and depressing, even for me. And at the end of my big first draft, I sat down to read my memoir and it was so depressing. It was so awful in regards to like, it wasn't inspiring. It was just one bad thing after another bad thing. And I thought no one, including me, is going to want to read this book. <laughs> so I went to the beach and had a little bonfire and I printed it out and I burned it. And I thought, let it go. I got what I needed from writing it. I don't need to do anything else. So that was a big surprise, but obviously it got published. <laughs> so there's well, some you more. wrote it all over again, right? You started yes. from scratch. And, you know, I just have to interrupt and say that, you know, I work with a lot of memoirists and there is that stage where you just write out all the anger and all the hurt right. and all the bad stuff. That's not what you publish, right? That's sort yes. of journaling and healing. Is that what you're right. looking at? Absolutely. So I felt free after going, wow. I don't need to put this in the world. I needed to write that for me. So the surprise was, I think with memoir, especially you write everything twice. Well, there's a lot more drafts, but essentially you do that first draft for yourself. It's everything you need to pour out of you. And then when you have a clear head and time passes, then you can get into, okay, what will be valuable to share with the world? And that's the real work started was like, okay, now this is a book for everyone else. I wrote my book for me. Now, what does everybody else need to hear from my story? Not what I think they need to hear. What do they really need and what will resonate with readers? So that's where the big surprise was, is I've got to do this twice. And of course, there's many drafts to get it published, but that was the biggest surprise for me. Yes, because you have to get to those universal truths, which doesn't mean that you skip the hard stuff, though. So how did you sort out? like the hard, hurtful stuff from the hard, hurtful stuff that was readable and was the universal truth that others can benefit from? Well, one of the things that I employed was a good technique was I used a pseudonym to write. So I called myself Maya because when I was writing, some of that stuff was so hard for me to process. Again, I used her name and then I, I got a little distance. So then I had a little bit of distance and I'm like, okay, well, if this was a character in a book, and one of the things I like about memoir is we employ fiction techniques to tell a good story. So I was like, okay, well, how would this character be perceived? And what will people learn from this? So it was really taking my preferences and my thoughts about this out of it. And, you know, what, what worked for the character and what worked for the reader? So you just referred to yourself as a character. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. So again, it's that. I teach memoir writing now. And one of the things I always distinguish is that first draft, that that pouring out versus now you are creating a character. Now, that doesn't mean you're making things up. You're not doing that. But you're looking at yourself as a character. Your character has a story arc. You know, everything. So writing is about transformation, right? And reading a book is all about the transformation of a character. So you are this character that's transforming in your life. So you need to show that transformation. So to your earlier point, how did I know what to keep in, what to keep out? Well, it had to serve the story. So I ask people this, does what you're writing serve your ego or is it serving the story? Oh, ooh, hard question. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, maybe we'll have you back on for a memoir class or something. But, um, really what I'm super interested in here here is 
you didn't stop with the memoir. And a lot of authors have a memoir and they stop and they go, okay, that's it. I've done it. Um, but you followed up with a couple of other books. Can you tell us how you were inspired or maybe even asked to write these books and like what happened later and how that transformed your life and career? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. So I, I've always been a writer and I love writing and I love sharing. And after the memoir, I had so many people asking me, well, what did you do to heal? Because I healed from an undiagnosed illness and it took a lot of work. And so I wanted to answer the questions that I've been asked. And so the follow-up books are the one is the healing 100, which is the concrete things that I did to heal. And because I always say it's not one thing, it's about a hundred things that helped me heal. And then the poetry is really about the internal journey, kind of more my, um, the inner terrain about what happened and some, my poetic way. And I've always been drawn to poetry. And now I'm working on another book, um, which is exciting, but all nonfiction because I just, I'm so drawn to it. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Well, I do remember um, when I was in Southern California that people were asking you because in a few minor adjustments, you described the story of how you picked up this disease in Africa and now you came home and you healed, but you were still allergic to everything. And you, uh, you went around going, okay, you know, what is somebody who eat that's allergic to everything? Right. And so, so many people have allergies and, um, you know, food, I guess, food allergies, they were coming to you saying, how are you so happy and vibrant and healthy? How can I heal? So was that a, a demand from your readers? Is that what inspired that next book? Yeah, absolutely. And if I can talk about the one I'm writing now is what I was going to mention. It's called the cookbook for people who can't eat anything. And it's, it's basically fusing my passion for inspiring people, helping people, sharing what I've learned, as well as I love humor. Like even my book, A Few Minor Adjustments, as dark as it was, I injected a lot of humor in the published version. And I want to share again what I learned. And like you said, I realized through everything that I went through that it's not just the physical that needs to heal. Um, my perspective needed to heal. And so everything we write is about looking at all facets of our life. So when we write memoir, it's about mental, emotional, physical, spiritual journey. And so the cookbook now is about the, the eating part, which I stopped loving food, like you said, I hated it. And now I'm like, I have an opportunity to turn what I've learned to help other people and with my joy of writing. So there's humor in the cookbook. There's affirmations with each recipe. And I'm partnering with a, a local chef who is helping with his recipes. And so we've just had a great time doing this. So um, I just feel that nonfiction particularly shouldn't stop at a memoir. I mean, if you have something that big to say to write a memoir, you probably have other things to contribute to the world too from your journey. So it's whether it's an essay or a poem or this cookbook. So I just want to keep going as long as I have something passionate and something worthy of sharing. Well, you do have a lot um, worth sharing. And I do know that people have been asking for your advice um, because of your story. So what is the, can you describe the Healing 100? What does that do? What does that teach people? Well, the main thing I think is that everybody looks to healing for usually one thing. They think if I just get this one thing, it'll get better. Or they look for one answer. 
Well, in my case, I didn't have any answers. I didn't really know what was wrong with me. So I had to look collectively at my life and look at everything affects our health. So the Healing 100 says, these are 100 things I tried and did and changed in my life to help me heal. It's not just one answer. Now, sometimes, of course, like there is one answer, like you get a splinter, you take it out, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's a very simple or an appendicitis, you know, but in most of us, most of our situations, we have so many other facets to what's causing disease in the body. So the Healing 100 just gives people the opportunity to look at different ways of looking at their health and things they can do to heal. That's a whole different writing project. That's almost a, a technical book in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a how a how to book. Uh, so, I mean, how did you feel about that? You just came off this huge, big creative writing process, and it's a beautiful book and written just very. I, you know, of course, read it and it's gorgeous. And then now you go to this sort of, you know, prescriptive nonfiction writing. Does that feel good to you? What? How are you managing that transition? Do you feel like you want to write creatively anymore? Or are you feeling that with essays and articles? What you doing? <laughs> oh, I like it all. I mean, I feel like the main component that drives me is there, is there a passion there? What is my intention behind writing something? So I always ask people like, why are you writing it? And, you know, writing a book is, takes a lot of energy and time and effort, right? So if I have a worthwhile intention and passion, then it'll sustain me. So for instance, like I love the creative process. I mean, definitely, but also writing a nonfiction book such as The Healing 100 can be a creative endeavor. So I try to bring creativity to everything. Um, So I like a balance. I like to do both. And I also do want to write some fiction, um, which I am been doing. I have been doing. So, um, but I think that they fuse. So like the nonfiction is so amazing. But again, like I said, bringing some fiction elements and joy into um, what we write nonfiction wise can be such a pleasure for the readers. Thank you. And so all of this that occurs to me is a part of a pretty big and growing platform for you. Did you deliberately go about marketing and platform building or did it just happen easily? <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. I, it, it happened a lot more organically than I thought. And I think it comes from me having the willingness to put myself out there. So I think you know this. I mean, you're really great at marketing and putting yourself out there, Carla. And I've always admired that. So I I feel that it's just being willing to like say yes. So when I get asked to a speaking engagement or to be somewhere, I say yes. And no matter how small or strange it may seem at the time, um, they lead to something else. And so I think since my memoir came out, I... I've done about almost a hundred speaking events and from speaking at writers conferences to retreats, to book clubs, to wellness retreats, to pretty much any book festivals. So I just think the power of yes, of being open and vulnerable and being willing to, to go for it. And then because of that, I think it's spiraled, but I, I have put in the effort. I mean, you have to work at it too. You have to be prepared. You have to be willing and you have to be wanting it too. So it's a little bit of both. And I know you work with uh, memoirists and other writers too. I mean, how do you get them to reach? I don't know. Maybe you want to share an exercise with us or something, you know, reach deeply and, you know, create that plan and that intention of 
what you want to put out in the world. And so does it backfire sometimes? Do people say, oh, wow, I, I just want to start over. I don't want to do that. <laughs> how do you get to the root of, I guess I'm asking for our audience, you know, how do you really get the, to the root of what to keep and what to discard? Yeah, that is a great question. I mean, how long is your program? I mean, <laughs> I guess I could, yeah. you know. We only have about 10 more minutes. Okay. But yeah, I'm not asking right. too much, am I? Right. So, no. So I would just say in for simplicity's sake, one of the questions I, because a couple of questions I ask. So when I start working with an author and talking with them about their book and their process, I ask a few questions to get to know them and why they're doing what they're doing. So one of the things I say is, what do you want the readers to feel at the end of reading your book? How do you want them to feel? And so that's going to tell a person a lot about like what their process is, what their intention is for writing. And like, that's going to determine how they write. Like, cause if, if you have that feeling in mind, like I wanted people to be inspired that no matter how lost and alone they felt and afraid that someone else got through this and you can too. And so having that snippet to keep you going and to keep you on track is really important. Another thing I ask people, and this is a harder one, <laughs> and I had a client particularly who I asked this and it really jarred her. And I said, if everyone was going to read your book, how would that feel? Would you still write your book? And she said, yes, absolutely. So I said, okay, if nobody ever read your book, would you still write it? And that to me is a huge if you really are honest with yourself, why are you writing your book? Is it for just to make money or fame or revenge or like exploring the why? But if you still want to write it, even though there, nobody might read your book, which it could happen. We just don't know, right? We don't know how many people will or will not read your book. We can't control that. But knowing that it's still important for you to do this, that's that's the fuel so I go through a lot of questions and then work through those questions and answers with them and discover really like what's behind the writing. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. It's super helpful. Thank you. Those are great questions. And, you know, on that um, topic of getting your book out there and having a lot of people read it or not, um, what was your, what were your publishing choices? I know we connected around self-publishing. Tell us about, did you self-publish and how, how you published all three of your books? Yeah. So I believe that all paths are great depending on what you need. And I had some offers for some uh, traditional publishing as well as hybrid and independent publishing opportunities. And I had to weigh like what felt right to me at the time. And memoir, because it was so personal and it didn't really, my memoir didn't really fit in any category. It wasn't like a, a travel memoir really all the way, but it was somewhat, it wasn't really all self-help or survive. I mean, it was, it could have gone in so many different ways. So it didn't really fit anywhere. So I decided that independent publishing for that would be my best um, way of getting out what I knew kept the integrity of what I was trying to do because being undiagnosed, it just didn't have a, didn't have a focus. Some publishers thought, and they wanted to change it, but I didn't want to change what I was trying to do. So I think that is important for people to look at like, you know, what, what is important to you because each process has value, right? Each publishing track has value and each one has drawbacks. 
So the other two, again, was the same. Um, but now with my cookbook, I'm definitely looking at traditional publishing and I have a couple um, interests there. So that's the path that's going, but for a lot of other reasons. So I think each book is, is, a, is a different different process. Yes, it's a different journey. And I can see how your book, because it doesn't really fit in a niche, I guess it does fill on sort of a general healing niche, but you're right. It's about travel. It's about healing. It's about medical stuff and the ability to just experiment and change your categories and keywords and, you know, how you're marketing it with metadata and all of that, that must've been quite the learning curve. Yes, very much. What did you end up with? I'm going to ask you, like, what did you end up with your categories? How do you, how, what was, you know, what did you find? Where did you find the most engagement with what genre or what, uh, I guess, category, virtual bookshelf, sort of keyword item? Right. Well, I mean, it definitely was memoir. I mean, that. Just uh, people, I think, are certain people are drawn to reading memoir. Um, but what surprised me the most is I thought healing and inspiration, like he, like healing would be the more category that would be most well-received and um, most engaging for the audience, but it wasn't. And I found the, the readers that like my memoir the most tend to be people who are not sick at all or don't have a devastating illness. I thought that was my audience. I'm like reaching to all my people. But it was everybody else who goes, whoa, like I didn't know this was happening, that this could happen to someone and all you went through and it inspired them. And and so that was really interesting to me. So it's not what I thought. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that was surprising because when I did read your book, because I'm a world traveler and have been in Africa for a long time, it was horrific. I was like, wow, but there but for the grace of God, you know, Um, (laughs) I really escaped. uh, And it. It was, um, I don't know, what do I want to say? Um, It's a travel book. It's, I think everybody who likes traveling would be interested in it. And it's one of those horror stories, kind of with a happy ending. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so just in our few minutes left, let's talk about what your books are about. If you could just sum sum them up and tell us what else you're doing. I know you're offering your services and kinds of wonderful things. Where can we find you and what are, what are your books specifically? Yeah. So one of the things I, I think is most interesting, whether we're writing nonfiction or fiction, I think we always gravitate towards writing the same themes. And so what I realize is my theme is always about that the power lies within us to get through anything. And, and if you believe in yourself, whether it's to get through an illness or to travel around the world on a motorcycle or to um, do anything, you know, write a book. If you believe in yourself, it can happen. So I always go back to belief. And I think hope is beautiful, but it's kind of lofty. Belief is like that concrete knowing. So I think that's what all my books are about is just believing in yourself and knowing that there's power within you. To do anything. I love that. I just have to say hope versus belief because there is a power in belief over hope. Right. Hope is not like this sort of tentative thing, right? right. Awesome. Right. Thank you for that. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And now I forgot the rest of the question. <laughs> oh, oh, I just wanted to talk. I wanted to talk about your books and what you're doing oh. next. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm like, I missed the rundown. The whole, okay. Well, obviously the memoir is still out there and I'm always, you know, uh, doing engagements with that. And I'm speaking at wellness retreats and uh, writers conferences, teaching mindfulness in the craft which I love being more self-aware as a writer because writers were all in our heads so much. But if we really tap into our heart and our intuition, that's where the, the best stuff is that we write. Um, like Einstein said it, he attributed all his discoveries to three things, imagination, intuition, and inspiration. He says, not from the head. So I encourage writers, and I'm always doing this, to get out of our heads, get back into our heart and our passion and trust your intuition trust your knowing. And I teach classes on that too. Um, and I love my biggest joy right now is working with other writers is being a developmental editor and, um, writing coach, because what I get to do now is contribute to other people's passion of getting their voice and their story into the world. And there's nothing more beautiful is seeing a book that I've worked on that when I first read it was like, they're paying me to help them. And then by the end of working with them, I would pay to read the book. So that's my biggest joy. So I love that. Yes. And I want to mention that you can find Sherry at Sherry, C-H-E-R-I-E, Kephart, K-E-P-H-A-R-T.com and find her book, A Few Minor Adjustments, The Healing 100, Poetry of the Peace. And what is the title of the cookbook? The cookbook for people who can't eat anything. I love that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. no, All great. right. Well, thanks. You've offered us a lot of inspiration today, Sherry, and practical advice. So thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to have to be here. <laughs> and thank you to our listeners for joining us today. We conduct these interviews every single week. And you can check the schedule at nonfictionauthorsassociation.com. Please sign up for our mailing list there. Our basic membership is free. And uh, there's a lot to explore. So please check us out on our social media too and on our YouTube channel. I'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>